Hello, podcast listeners. Doug here. Well, normally I don't introduce a podcast episode with a forward, but for this one, I wanted to share a bit of the background. I recently attended Homecoming, uh, which is an annual event hosted in the home of Jim McCarty by the LNL research team, which includes Gary and Austin, Jim, Tricia, and Joanne. I gave two talks, which were entitled The Archetypes of Mind and Spirit, colon, A Counselor and Theological Perspective. And the second one was Stillness in the Storm or Swept into the Maelstrom, an Exploration of the Disclosure Movement. So here are the caveats and the reason for this forward. In the first talk I'm posting here, my archetypal talk, I unfortunately ran out of time and didn't get a chance to talk about the spiritual archetypes according to the Law of One. I really focused in on the archetypes of the mind. However, if you'd like to listen to my reflection on the spiritual archetypes, you can by following the links to my blog in the show notes, which feature the slides I used in the presentation as well as the podcast links to listen in. So well-formed and solid. My humor is typically just right there between the first and second chakra at all times. Just why I love, love relating to three-year-olds, but once they get older than that, they're mature, too mature. <laughs> you look for a younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay, hi everyone. Um, before I get started on this one, I, I don't see. You must have walked over there. Uh, tomorrow, I'm giving a talk on some of the um, material that she actually talked about. Will will tie into a lot of the talk that I'll be giving, but more on the macro scale as it relates to disclosure. And uh, I actually will be talking specifically about George Patton as an example, so that was pretty cool that she had mentioned that. As well as on my blog, I have an article on George Patton that looks at him from a law of one slash psychological perspective to flesh out a little bit about what that might mean to harvest towards the positive but decrease in harvestability, which seems like a paradox. Oh, there you are. Uh, so that was really that was a neat tie-in, and that's what I'll be definitely using him as an example tomorrow. It's already built into the talk. Yesterday, when people were whoever said uh, you skip seventy session seventy-five to one hundred and six or skim over it because it's the archetypes, and everybody kind of came in, got me to chuckle because I certainly understand that. <laughs> And uh, about a year and a half ago, I felt like I was ready to dive in to the archetypes. Um, and one of my gifts in this incarnation is I'm, I'm a counselor, a mental health counselor. I'm also, I have a master's in theology. And the way that I process information is twofold. One, it's visual. And two, it's how can I 
verbalize this in a presentation to people that is somewhat digestible. I don't know why I do it, but I've been doing it since I was a young kid. I've always been kind of a, a teacher in this way. And having said that, I'd like to just acknowledge right off the bat that what you're going to get today is Doug Scott distorted. So there's an extra layer of distortion, like, like a nice uh, butter over bread, that you're going to get today. So all I'm hoping to do, to be honest with you, is give you, from my perspective, a counselor theologian's view of a map of the archetypal mind, where then you take that and you go to whatever degree you want to and look at the archetypes, but maybe have a bit more access to it, because you kind of see how the pieces fit a little better. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm hoping to, up, to give you today. What I want to say right off the bat is I will likely be speaking fairly quickly because there's a lot to talk about, but we have all kind of weekend to, to unpackage some of this if you want to. Number two, I'm recording it, uh, and if anybody at the end of the re recording, if you had said something and you don't want it on there, please just come. All I got to do is click that part and delete it and it's gone. But I have a, a podcast and so this will go into my podcast um, which is already connected to the blog. And Gary um, will, or maybe I, uh, send out the link to the blog that will have the podcast in it of what we're talking about today. So you'll have all the slides. It's already online. And you can just uh, have that if you wanted to move into this again. Okay? Um, my background really quickly is I have a master's in clinical social work and a master's in pastoral theology. And the nexus of spirituality and psychology has always been very interesting to me. What I'm going to offer you today is really what conventional counseling has been saying lately. Which isn't surprising, it shouldn't be, because if it's true somewhere, if it's really true, it should be true everywhere. And uh, I think what is helpful now is to re-engage with the archetypes from a 21st century perspective, building upon the body of work that's already kind of being brought out in counseling world and theology world and seeing how it's already congruent with the metaphysics, really, which is a perennial metaphysics. It's something that's always and everywhere true that we see from the law of one. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so here are all of the archetypes. And where I'm here to tell you that if this talk is not about looking at each one of those archetypes and getting in the fine details. That's something that I, I do explore later on. I will explore later on in the future. Time space has already happened, but just space time uh, with my blog and, and so on and so forth. But um, what we're going to actually be talking about is looking at the archetypes in a way that positions them in a flow, a flow of energy. 
And that, that's kind of, because if you can get the flow and if you can get the shapes inside you, putting on that energetic shape over you, then you'll have access to just go right on in and see how they all kind of work. Both as a ding on sitch. Thing in and of itself. <laughs> thing in and of itself. And also in relationships. Okay? So instead of those beautiful Egyptian uh, images, this is what we're going to work with, which is shows you just how biased I am. Neat circles and squares. <laughs> um, today, we're going to actually talk about the archetypes of the mind and the archetypes of the spirit. The archetypes of the body, is it's just too much to pack, and that's not something I'm going to show too much on today. But, you know, the body is a creature of the mind, so um, you probably can just inverse the matrix uh, of mind and get the body. But the... Archetypes of the mind. Uh, the order that Ra talks about is matrix, potentiator, catalyst, experience, significator, transformation, and great way. All right, yep. The golden dew. Uh, and Ra says that the archetype 22 shall be paired with the significator. So you're going to see that in my presentation, how it's often paired with the significator. Okay. The archetypes of the body, I, I use the same symbols because they do mirror the archetypes of the mind. And when I mean archetype, think of it as architecture, blueprint, outline, okay, cookie cutter make a hundred different kinds of Christmas cookies. You're going to have to have an archetype. There's the star one. Here's the Santa Claus archetype. And there's seven archetypes for the mind and seven for the body and spirit. Now, with the archetypes of the spirit, I, they look a little different because they are indeed at once uh, macro so that if you can think of Rus Russian nesting dolls, the archetypes of the spirit is the biggest one. The other ones fit inside. And they're really kind of just based on the infinite creator's experience, which is the mover and the moved, the mover and the moved, positive and negative, male-female principle, just over and over. That's all that's what that's the whole experience. I that okay, the talk's done. But <laughs> That's the whole experience of the one infinite creator, and it gets nuanced, nuanced, nuanced. Um, I like to use the word nuanced when I'm not talking to a law of one group because distortion is distorting sometimes. But you know, with you guys, I can't say distorted, and you guys get it. It's kind of the, the the black uh, darkness of the soul, the potentiator, the sudden uh, numinosity, uh, the catalyst, um, which is faith. Kendall, the experience uh, is lit by moonlight. The transformation is uh, one's stage, not state. If you're familiar with Ken Wilber, one's stage, a permanent, uh, uh, a permanent movement forward in consciousness that is ever and ever greater. 
And lastly, the great way, which really can be summed up as the ink. The ink, the onk. In Texas, we say ink, but hell, y'all. Um, and the word metanoia, does anybody know what that means? Metanoia. The term? No, metanoia is the Greek word that was translated into English as convert and repent. So in the Bible, there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that goes with repent and convert, isn't it? Shame, it's shame. There's a lot of shaming there. But that wasn't the original word, and it certainly wasn't the original intent. Metanoia means meta means change, so metamorphosis. Noia is heart mind. It's it's the ability to see the world with your heart, and then change it in the, in terms of expand. That's actually what metanoia means. And that's what transformation means, metanoia. And that's what we hope this talk is going to do a little bit, is metanoia, is help expand a little bit on the metaphysics that we have. Okay? And ultimately, it's only good if we can put it into practice a bit. So that is what hopefully we'll get to towards the end, is what does this look like? But I think if you get the energetics of it, you're going to have an experience of what it means for you. Um, and that's the goal. So here's how I've arranged it. And there's the, the way I've arranged it will come very clear later on. But I want it, uh, this is a dissonant note. And then eventually it'll move into a beautiful resolution, which is harmony. So you're going to be thinking, why is the, the arrange it this way? There's meaning for that. I'd like you to see that the experience, the catalyst, and the potentiator as more or less in the unconscious. And the matrix and the significator is more or less in the conscious mind. And there is a dotted line between, and I've done that, a semi-permeable dotted line because that's what Ra says. It's a semi-permeable line that one can have access to the unconscious. So it's not a hard and fast, this veil of forgetting. Um, and so I, first of all, so I'm setting up the difference between the unconscious and conscious mind. Yeah? Um, yes, that, that's a little nuanced. Let me just give you just a quick definition of the Conscious, subconscious, and unconscious, okay? Just so you have an idea of what we talk in counseling, what that looks like. The conscious level are things that we think we're <coughs> conscious of. The subconscious is we know it's there, but we're not ready to look at it. We have some sense, for example, uh, your experience of racism, but when you were able to actually process that was when you were ready to process it. But it was held in the subconscious for a while, and then it comes up into the conscious. The unconscious, and if you can think of an iceberg, it gradually gets darker as it goes down below the water, ranges from, I know it's there, but I kind of don't, and it's that murky gray, to all the way down here, I don't even know what I don't know. That's the deep unconscious. Okay? <clears throat> the matrix of mind 
is activated by the potentiator. And it's linked by the significator. So I'm giving you some definitions here. Now remember, you don't have to pay attention to all of the words because it'll be in my in the link that you have. All right. The <clears throat> think of the potentiator as a soda bottle that shook up. It's being built up. Pressure is being built up, and it taps the matrix. The matrix responds. But who or what archetype is the archetype that decides what to do with the response? That's the significant. For those of you who understand Spanish at all, significar, significado, or significant um, signification, maybe in English, meaning. The meaning maker. Ra talks about the significator as that archetype that decides what to do, what to seek, why to seek, and what the heck are you going to do once you found what you're seeking? Who does that? Which archetype does that? What portion, which energetic quanta of consciousness does that? That's called the significator. It has to make meaning of all of this stuff that's being given to it. And the significator, that's why I have it sitting up here. You can think of it like a head upon the neck of the matrix. The, the significator through the matrix then does action in the world. Okay? Um, what is the original thought? Hmm? The original thought of the creator, according to the, the law of one. Just the experience, the desire to seek experience to know oneself. That's the original thought. The very beginning, it, the primal logos is I desire to, to experience myself. That's, so I want you to think of this as the out-breath. But then, what is the original desire? All entities seek and become one. That's the in-breath. Or if you like the positive, the negative polarity. Not negative in terms of like a, a moral negative polarity, but just the, the magnetic. Or you can think of, if you're understanding a light as an electromagnetic phenomena, the electric is out, and then the magnetic part is a drawing in. The heart's the same way. You see, to be honest with you, we all have to go through this. People who usually get in, in, attracted to the law of one start to be attracted to all things esoterica. And, you and you're looking for the, the hidden wisdom in the, in, you know, the inner world. It's okay. But here I'm, I'm here to tell you that well, without throwing that away, I think once the more you dive into that, the more you realize that everything in the conventional world is, is, is a full expression of the macro. It's a full expression of what you're going to find in the hidden world, too. So, for example, the heart, that's the law of one. The breath, that's the law of one. Um, and the significator of both the logos and ourselves is outward, 
I want to experience myself inward. Uh, there's an automatic movement inward. And the significator is the one that makes meaning of, of your desire to express and then when it comes in to process. See? Express and process. And third density beings do a lot of expressing, very little processing. Okay? But the original thought, original desire, that is also the, the whole of the law of one. Okay, experience of mind, remember this is in the unconscious, is the archetype that includes all the biases and experiences garnered in past lives and in the present life and in the deep mind. The deep mind includes not only your mind, but the racial mind, the planetary mind, the archetypal mind, the deep mind of the logos, and the cosmic mind. There's these levels of greater and greater expansion. That's in the that's what Raw calls the deep mind. And it, all of that can be packaged up. I, I started to think of the experience archetype as a big old library. Well, Jim's library, where it's sorted. This is this are these biases, this is how I'm going to experience these things and all of them are stacked up so there's a librarian that lives in the experience archetype and the librarian will give information to the catalyst archetype the catalyst then gives it to the potentiators like i got a i got a hot message i got to give to you and the potentiator starts to shake it up and gives it to the matrix the matrix uh gives it to the significator and the significator says Aha, this is what I'm going to do. And all of this happens within a split second. But you can kind of see the flow and function, okay? Um, Ross says, all that assaults your senses is catalyst. But it ain't coming from our conscious mind. So even if you are feeling the wind, And, and you're saying, I feel the wind. You might think that's external, but the way that we actually acknowledge that the wind is flowing is it passes through the unconscious to the conscious mind, to the significator, which then thinks the wind is flowing. So it's always this sense of anything external happens and it's received through the unconscious, comes up, processed, and then out into through the significator. That's the flow of it. Like how many people, if you're like me, now I try to see, I see a lot of meaning in a lot of different things, but like when you were talking about your sense of forgiveness, remember that moment of 10 minutes and everything? Does anybody know what happened? Did anybody see? In the outer world? I mean, out here? You didn't? I thought some people, yeah, there. It was like at that moment, all these golden leaves start falling down, like exactly at that moment, and it lasted maybe 30 seconds to a minute, and then it stops. So that's just the wind doing it. Now, how did I process that? My own bias. It went through the experience into the cat. I was the catalyst, and we're going to talk about how all these flow. It was, it was catalyst. The catalyst feeds into the experience. 
then it, the catalyst then again revs it up, gives it to the potentiator. The potentiator pops it up into the matrix. The matrix then says it's here. The email has arrived. Did you get it yet? Oh, yeah, now I got it. The significator says, what am I going to do with it? To me, it was like, hey, Ra, you must be listening. <laughs> and there's, there's a little bit of Ra right here. Right on, right on the computer. You see what happened there with my cat archetypes? All right. Now we're going to talk about the flow. I thought this would be funny. The flow chart, the mind-body-spirit complex, a.k.a. person I know careless of me <laughs> reference you know joke. it's a raw joke uh, I heard it. it's ra and raw it's both probably no. uh but anyways ross says a person that you so carelessly call a person that's why it's funny but haha uh, my humor is like raw it's so dry it's like arid arizona in the middle of the summer nosebleed um we have number one so from my perspective, it's the experience. No one comes in here without experience. No one, because even if you're a, a, even if a person is a third, a newly minted third density being coming from the second density, what are they bringing into this incarnation? Biases. The rock clearly talks about their second density biases. That's already experience, which already then offers a subtle lens or bias to the way people then approach reality. Okay, so everybody has an experience. Experience is given to the newly minted third density being. Now these are, or to any, even a wanderer. You come in here with a bag of experience, an already uh, archived library. Past lives plus karma, uh, racial mind plus karma, planetary mind plus karma, the archetypal mind of the Logos. Now, the deep mind of the Logos is, is even more expansive than the archetypal mind. But Ra does talk about how there's biases in the deep mind, including kindness, opposable thumbs, monogamous relationships between male and female from the second density, these are just biases that Rod talks about. And they were picked up uh, as part of the deep mind. Then there's the cosmic mind of the Logos, which I said earlier, it was original thought and original desire. Those two things are, are the whole force. The out and in-breath, the aorta and the what? Well, the heartbeat. Out and in. Everything is the out and in. Positive and then pulling back. So that's the bias of the cosmic mind. So the experience then feeds the catalyst archetype. The archetype, the catalyst archetype, feeds the potentiator. The potentiator archetype Taps the, the matrix. The matrix gives it to the significator. The significator down here 
The catalyst receives the actions of the matrix. So here's what happens, I think. I mean, you know, obviously I'm distorted, so I'm already wrong. When you make a decision of to do something or to act in some way or to engage in some way, the world, that is your significator, a well-informed significator that has come through all of the unconscious different archetypes into the potentiator, into the matrix. Your significator says, okay, let's do something. And when you and I do an action out there, not only is that a catalyst, because you're doing something, you're creating a catalyst in the universe, but you're gonna cause other people to have catalysts because of your catalyst, positive or negative. And whatever action you do, that immediately, as a catalyst that you create for yourself, goes right on into the experience archetype. So there is a, or I'm sorry, it goes right on into, it's a catalyst itself. So whatever you, action you do becomes a catalyst for your further growing. Remember I told you everything in the conventional world, can, you can find this in the conventional world? If you can't find the conventional world, it doesn't exist metaphysically. Just take that as true. So think about it this way. Someone who is doing a wheelchair. I'm, I'm processing it. I'm pushing it this way. But what direction am I going to? I'm going forward. So every time I do an action, I throw it out there. It's a catalyst again. So I'm putting it back into the catalyst. And that helps me move towards the transformation. You can just see these metaphors over and over again. The catalyst then, the arc, so I'm doing, the significant makes a decision on action, it becomes a catalyst. The catalyst goes into the experience archetype. So basically you can see this, this guy right here, this person right here in the catalyst, let's say that this is someone who, that's a, like a traffic cop. Okay, stop, this right here, oh, no, come, you know, and, and always doing this, just reaching and reaching and grabbing and giving and reaching and grabbing. This one here is like this experienced librarian. All right, probably got a lot of helpers. Um, because once the catalyst, an action that you do or an action that's done to you is given to the experience archetype, that is sifted and archived in the library that forms slowly, like you, you collect books over your life and you start to organize them. It's exactly what happens in consciousness, exactly. It's not found in the conventional world. It doesn't exist metaphysically. So, uh, like, you might receive a thousand books from different seekers, but they're just in a big old pile. That would be a big old bunch of catalysts. But then you got to sort them, got to process them, you got to make sense of how how you're going to make how you're going to do this. And you don't know how you're going to do it until all of a sudden categories start coming out in your mind. This one was positive. This one sucked. Uh, this one is sucked, but then I learned. <laughs> Do you see? And you start to make these biases, which become different shelves on the library. And you got a librarian doing this in the experience catalyst. That's the point of the experience catalyst. Then the experience catalyst gives it right back to, I'm sorry, the experience uh, archetype gives it back to the catalyst archetype. So the catalyst archetype is like in the center. I mean, it's just this flow. Can, I, can you tell me again how the experience 
gives information to the cattle. It seems like it's the other way around, but you're, you're saying both things. It's both. Uh, and Roth talks about it. When you start to, you know, uh, when you start to look at even physics, something that is n negative, you know, uh, magnetically speaking, there is a, it's negative macroly, but even in a negative or positive thing, there's always positive and negative sub in it. There's negative and positive because there's a current. It always has to be macro negative, macro positive, and inside that is negative positive, negative positive. So that creates this current. So there's always a positive aspect to the catalyst or a negative aspect to the catalyst in all of the archetypes. So you can think of the potentiator as the engine. It, it, it draws in to get the whole process started. And where is it going to give all of this energy? It's going to give it to the matrix, to the conscious mind. But who's going to make the decision to do what with what? The significator, because significator is the, the archetype of meaning making, sense making. That's, the, that's what the word significat in Latin means, in Spanish. Now. The Ross says that the event is recorded by the matrix, but acted upon, I can't remember, I have it here somewhere, acted upon by the significator. So that's why I paired the significator with the matrix together, because the matrix is the conscious mind, but what part of the conscious mind makes decisions of what to do? Mm -hmm. And the significator is the one which based on react. Yep. React of the external world. Yes. And basically cause function. Cause function causes function. Exactly. So yeah. I'm the significator and I repeat something I call the catalyst. Yeah. Which is going to process the function. I'm going to use my matrix. Right. That experience, I'm going to basically store it and decide what I'm going to do as a master, as a main function later with, with my reaction to this directory of wars. I mean, I maybe didn't hear you well, but I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm trying to say what you just said, I'm trying to say that. But you said it better. Right, it is. It is ultimately it's the, metaphysically it's the center. Ross says this, this is what is the permanent personality gets passed. But I'm talking diagram here, brother. <laughs> no, the cat. But but in order for the significator to even know what the heck to do, it ha 
there has to be a sense of being changed by an external force or even internal force. The archetype, an archetype is a specific quantized packet of energetics that is responsible for one role in consciousness. So for the significator to do what it does, it has to have all of the other archetypes. But the significator doesn't just sit. It would be like being in a wheelchair where you're doing your things, but you're not going anywhere. That's not what the significator does. The, the whole process moves forward. And what moves forward is when you hit, when, you, when a person becomes aware of the evolutionary nature of, of our third density vibratory experience. Ra says that when a third density being becomes aware that there is such a thing as evolution of mind and spirit, uh, even at an unconscious level, and there is a choice of polarity, that becomes, let's say, octane gas being put into the engine of the whole mind-body-spirit complex. Before it was white gas, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get, a, I'm trying to get a polarity, I don't know, I'm making decisions. But once you get make a decision, there's actually a kind of crystallization or activation that happens. And I, in this, I have the polarity um, with the experience, and I want you to almost see it like, like this, and it pulling forward. Okay, because the polarity now. It, it will get paired by the significator in a second. But the, let's see here. The polarity, now all of a sudden, you have fired or gotten into better training, the old librarian. Because the old librarian was sorting stuff, but man, he came in there and was like, you know what, we need to digitalize this. <laughs> no more Dewey Decimal System. And all of a sudden, so you bring in a polarity, and it automatically starts to sift things into uh, accordance to the energetics of the polarity that you have chosen. The new library is an upgrade from uh, Word 2012 to 2000, whatever we're at, 22. Okay? And it, it, it's much more efficient. It moves us quickly. Yeah. That's right. Remember I said that even if you're an entirely, let's say, male principal archetype, that, that at the sub the sub level, think think of each archetype as an atom. But what makes an atom? Subatomic particles. Remember, if it's not found in the conventional world, it doesn't exist metaphysically. Or a molecule is made up of different atoms. Regardless, there is a positive and negative even within the positive. So the negative part um, and the positive part work where the matrix reaches for I guess the I'm potentiator. To, I guess what I'm trying to say is like they're like within because I'm thinking like the first four parts. Yep. Um, in the order that they provide 
like the matrix has agency and it so it you know the matrix or the potentiator provides you know from intelligent infinity provides these experience or this catalyst and experience and it reaches the significator when finally there's growth i mean that's how i was looking at it so i was trying to match it with your model but i feel like the significator in your diagram has It has the agency to make decisions. Yes. But the potentiator um, is unmoving. That's what Ross says. The, I mean, sorry, the, 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 the matrix is unmoving. Even though it's a male principal archetype, the potentiator is a female principal archetype, yet that's what moves. It's a paradox. And it moves towards the matrix because the matrix is moving towards it. There is, an in, there is a consummation that happens, and that's how information is given. And then that goes from the matrix, which is the conscious mind. Some, some archetypes got to make a decision of what to do with it. There's got to be a part of you that stores the information and grows. And that's the significator. That's why Ross says it is the heart of the individual. So there's a way in which I could draw it right in the middle. But to make it so that you can see that it's more of the head that makes the decisions of what could I do, that's why I put it in here. And you'll see it in a second when I get real clever about it. Um, but yeah, keep asking questions when I... But it's the male wait. Okay, the matrix does reach, but it also awaits the reach from the potentiator. It's both. Just like if you have um, an attraction to somebody else that has more of a different polar uh, principle than you, the male or female principle, you are attracted. But there's an interchange. There's an exchange. So it's just like that. Sorry, but um, in broad terms, can you help me? grasp better the potentiator. So for instance, matrix I can in broad terms say that's the conscious mind. Catalyst speaks for itself, it's all that assault the senses. Significator you're explaining for me beautifully, thank you. But potentiator, I don't like what what's the analogy in our psychology? Can I can I suggest a much simpler analogy that made this comprehensible for me? The matrix is the raw material, for example, marble. Potentiator what acts on that, for example, the sculptor, and the significator is the sculpture. When I, when I looked at it in that those terms, it, the, the scales fell off. What did you say the potentiator was? The sculptor. So if you, you look at matrix as the marble, potentiator as the sculptor, and significator as the finished sculpture. Okay. If that works for you. Yeah, you got to run with yeah, that. that, and maybe that'll work for somebody else. Sort of. I just got an image. Potentiator to me is kind of like the ocean. 
Uh huh. It's dark. You can only see the surface, but there's a lot going on. Okay. And the matrix is kind of like a fisherman reaching for what's in there. Good. Where does the desire to fish come from? But where does the desire to fish come from? Significator. Okay, but it's also the potentiator. The potentiator calls the fisherman to fish. But who makes the decision to fish? That's the significator. I've had the feeling that the potentiator's major role is to bias the catalyst that the matrix experiences so it will see it in a certain fashion to rule the stream kind of choices. And so that's the way that the catalyst can be enhanced and utilized and fed then into the experience so that it's stored for future use. And then all of that stored experience becomes the significator, which is the significant self. I think that's basically what you're saying. That, okay, that would be another model that would work. Um, but I think what the, this, but that's still that's still a nuanced model from even what Ra was saying, from my perspective. Because the raw, if you want just the guts of what consciousness would look like in a veiled experience, you have to have no more, no less these seven archetypes. You have to have a sense of the catalyst. Otherwise, you would just be in a coma. There's no growth at all. You wouldn't even be conscious. There's gotta be something that catalyzes you to move somewhere. Gotta have it. You gotta have a, an area that sifts the catalyst. Ross says that's the experience archetype. He is the, I, I, okay, I kinda understand what he means. For the experience, it needs to be information. It cannot bring experience uh, as experience from when 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 you actually incarnate. It to bring it in a in, in a computer potentiator, right? As a, as a, as a bias. So there's another model that we're going to see here in a few minutes, hopefully, that actually positions all of this from an iceberg, and then it will be more like what you said. So you double clicked on me. Uh, in order for there to have to understand, in order for catalysts to start to make sense and to create a bias, you have to have an archive. That's experience. Okay. Then if you want to think of this is why I did have it in this particular fashion is that if you think of a Russian nesting doll, again, a top layer would be the potentiator. All of this goes inside the potentiator. It is true, and we're going to see that when we do the, because uh, it's all, these three are unconscious. The archipelago of the deeper mind, they're unconscious, but I'm, I'm pulling them out of, I'm separating the, the Russian nesting doll so you can see them, and then we're going to put them back together. You, 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 does that help? I see it as like a foil of a tire, making, making a, a, a fuel for the matrix to be able to. Yeah. The, the, the matrix can help. 
at first you have to have fuel. And, and then you got to know how to re refine it. From the experience and That's right. Yeah. So in order for consciousness to go, then you have to have a potentiator. Because what are you going to do with all of this sifted knowledge? Or the word gnosis, which means lived experiential knowledge. That's what gnosis is. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Well, it needs to be, there needs to be a catalyst, an energetic quanta that is responsible for making this attractive for the matrix to reach for the maiden in the castle, or whatever archetype you want to think of. Then the matrix is moved by this attraction, the conscious mind, and, and, and the significator directs the matrix to do something in the world. Okay? But ultimately, uh, when you die from this lifetime, what goes? It's the significant self. That's the, it's the significator replete with all of the experience here, all of the gain knowledge, all of that. It gets put into another body, um, and all of that experience that you gained then gets, it's like all of that Russian nesting dolls gets packaged up in that whole thing, the whole Russian nesting doll with all nine levels or whatever. That's called the, the permanent self, the significator, the significant self that goes from incarnation to incarnation but then you come out as victor and all of them are separated again we'll get a a new experience a new catalyst a new potential they're all brand new and polished and then immediately they're filled with the the um experience that you just had okay and then that moves that's a catalyst. Is that not a catalyst? If the experience that you just had is a catalyst, to do what? It moves through the potentiator, which then activates and moves into the matrix. So when you're a baby and you just come out of the womb, you're like, snap, I want to go back in there. Well, that's a catalyst based on the experience you just had, which is really nice and warm inside. And I'm going to come out and my immediate uh, matrix C self is going to want to go and who made the matrix do that was your significant your significator so the significator it's like all of these things go inside the significator you die it gets all processed and then when you're ready for another incarnation they all get spread out again I see it. Um, One more question. shouldn't the transformation be worked on in here it's right here okay. so the, the choice of polarity becomes the bias which prompts the experience archetype to sift experience through a positive polarity base or a negative polarity base. Then as the experience archetype feeds the catalyst to the potentiator, so there's that flow, the significator has an increasingly biased lens through which to make decisions. I put that as the glass. Because that's the lens. The experience becomes a lens for the significator to make decisions on how to act. And we're all products of our own biases. So for example, if someone, and I know a lot of people like this, um, especially when I worked in the disclosure movement, but also in my clients, if someone is has an, a sense in their own experience catalyst of us versus them, um, 
the negative and positive with stark differentiation uh, or a sense of trauma maybe in childhood where there was a significant um, uh, social justice done unto me, let's say. All of those things are going to create a certain bias. And then uh, that will be the lens through which we will look at everything. Because, you, you know, you can have a beautiful day, and you look up, up there, and it's a beautiful day, and someone else will say, yeah, I've, I've seen this beautiful day, but those chemtrails right there are kicking my ass, <laughs> you know? Um, that's the bias, you see? Not saying the bias is right or wrong, I'm just saying that's the lenses. And what ends up happening is the more and more bias we have that is informed by our polarity, the polarity we choose, what direction are we going to? Forward. And that's transformation. Transformation is the movement forward based upon the more and more biases we have and we're, and we're working on them hard, hardcore. The word ihidaya was the word that they gave for Jesus. The Aramaic word for um, leader was ihidaya. They called him ihidaya. Ihidaya is Aramaic for the single one, the pure of heart. It doesn't mean just don't think of a sexual thought. That's not what pure of heart means. It means single pointed in one direction and you're choosing that, you're putting all your eggs in that basket. That's Ikidaya, the single one. We're all called to be Ikidais. So, that's the other archetype, is that once all of these, this machine is working well, you gotta go some direction. That's transformation. That's the transformation archetype. And whatever degree you transform is the degree the infinite creator is transforming in you, through you, and as you. Um, let me show you this little nifty thing. This is why it's in this particular... This is why I, I put it in this particular thing, because it's actually, you know, the carriage. You see, the two horses in front would be like the fool and the experience archetype running. Catalyst would be one wheel. Potentiator is another wheel. The body of the person would be the matrix. What makes the decision is the significator. Which direction is the whole carriage going? Forward. But what are the reins? Now, this is actually in the law of one. It's, it's subtle and you have to look at it, but later on in the sessions, like 101 or something like that, <coughs> Ra insinuates that what are the reins that connect the horses to the rider? Will and faith. Will and faith. And you can almost pair will with the original thought. Remember I told you it's only the original thought uh, and the original desire, the original thought is to experience. So the will is outward and faith is to trust that it actually does something and means something. So for example, like when you were saying yesterday, you made a, you had the will to seek something different in your life. You willed something different by moving away from that job you had. 
but you had the faith that it would mean something. And that will and faith is the reins that you're being drawn forward and it connects to your experience archetype and the, the, the polarity because what you were doing didn't resonate so well with the polarity that you've chosen. And the more that you have, the more bias that you have, the more positive I want to be, the more service to others I want to be, well then your horses get faster and faster and what's the reins that are holding you on is the will and faith. Come on! Will to make a change, the faith that it makes a difference. And that is actually what speeds up transformation. See? That's why all seven of these archetypes have to be there in order for the one infinite creator to not only, both as a macro one infinite creator, but the micro you as a sub sub logos is you have to have this ability to not only have experience and be catalyzed towards experience then to choose a bias and then to say i'm going to do everything i do according to the bias that i've chosen the polarity i've chosen and that algorithm creates forward movement and then the more will you have to do that forward movement and the faith that your forward movement is actually going somewhere, even when you can't see it, when you do that, it speeds up the horses. Okay? Well, we just talked about the catalyst of mind. Uh, there's the catalyst of spirit, but it will be, um, it's in the link, and you can look at that also. It's unfortunate I didn't get a chance to look at, to do, actually talk about that. but. How this looks out for you, let me just spend one minute on what this might look like for you. Start to become aware, as I have, almost now, everybody's going to have their own experience, almost as bubbles. I see it almost as bubbles, like I've got an experience bubble that's like right here, and I've got a potentiator bubble, I always feel like it's right here, it's inside me. And I've got a matrix bubble that's connect, maybe it's right here. And I've got a significator bubble that's right here. Uh, and I, I feel this flow. And the way I know I'm being transformed is nothing I can prove to you, but it's more of a sense of being used more and more from, as, a, as a, a crystallizing. I'm never gonna say I'm crystallized because I, I'm, I know my faults. I'm never going to say that, but a crystallizing being more and more. And you can see that this is um, in the efficaciousness of my talking and working with other people, their ability to grow and my ability to be a mirror is how I know I'm being transformed. Okay. So, and I have the will and faith to do it. I have the faith that my actions actually will lead to transformation. Well, I probably maybe even distorted your view even more. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but, no, you didn't. It's good. Okay. It's good. But it is all in. Uh, I have. A, I've already talked about this actually in my. That's the last thing I wanted to say is that I have a spiritual group called Building Forth. It's Building Forth Chakra, Building Forth Density, and Building Forth and Transformation. Building Forth on our way. I know we're punny that way. Um, but I'm inviting anybody. 
If you'd like to, we, we meet on Tuesday nights via Zoom at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we talk about these things. Sometimes we talk about the material, but it's always the law of one because often we talk about counseling principles. So I just finished a series on self-esteem, self-compassion, and the metaphysics of the law of one and how they feed each other. Okay? But if you're interested, um, at the end when we get everybody's email, you can email me and I'd be happy to include you in our little community that we have. Thank you. Appreciate it.
I really enjoyed that. Okay. I love the way you could generalize and make it more available to people.